We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined, as always, by Sean Siegel here as we're about to do Rotoviz Overtime Draft. And it won't be long to we're on the clock. We are drafting in the Best Ball Mania Tree over at Underdog.com. If you are playing over there, use the code Rotoviz to get yourself a 100% sign-up bonus up to 100. Dollars, but Sean, we're getting into the action. We like to kick these off to put ourselves under a little bit of pressure. We're drafting from the 109. Interesting, we get a one two off running backs off the board so, uh, to start things off. Hopefully, some wide receivers might reach to us. But 109, how are you feeling about this uh, spot to, to kick things off here? Well, this isn't the ideal one, right? But we'll build a fun team from this point. We'll get a shot at players like Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, and then coming back through perhaps. A DeAndre Swift selection. Who do you like here? If Swift, if Diggs falls, is he your strong preference over Devontae Adams? How do you feel about Devontae Adams now that he's no longer with your Packers? I still love Devontae Adams. I'll hold my hands up and say that I still have a signed jersey of his up on the wall here, which will remain there. But uh, I, I think I would be taking Diggs over Adams, but it's very, very close for me. There's not a huge amount between them. I'm interested to see how he fits in, and it looks like Adams is going to be our clear choice here as Diggs goes off the board at the 108. I'm interested to see how he does change in teams. I think there is obviously that chemistry there with Derek Carr, but that is a long time ago back in his college days. It's very tricky, but if there's any wide receiver who's going to change teams and have success, I think Adams is probably up there. Being a Packers fan, I've seen how you know thoroughly professional he is, how he treats the game, so... We'll see how that works out. Do you have any preference, Diggs or Adams? I, I would lean Diggs based on he's in that offense. We kind of know what we're getting. Last year feels like a little bit of a down year from him. Probably 2020 was a little bit of an up year from him. Somewhere in the middle this season um, is probably what we're we're going to get, but maybe closer to that 2020 year. Do you have Diggs over Adams still? I probably do. I mean, I, they're both almost in that identical range. I think Diggs is elevated a little bit by the enthusiasm drafters have for playing the entire bills team adams is in a great spot there you can put him with Derek carr late they have some fun matchups down the stretch of the season 
I mean, he's got to go down a lot and Diggs has to come up a lot. Both of those things, very possible, but even to get to where they're back even. And so I think that Adams may be a little bit undervalued here in this Raiders offense, but undervalued within the context of he's still going at the one, two turn. We obviously took him at the one Oh nine. So we're right there thinking that he could do some real work. Now, Colin, as we come back through here, Swift does go at the turn. Derrick Henry goes one spot before us. I was going to argue that we could at least look at him. Are you on Samuel and Hill here well above Dalvin Cook, or is this a time to actually reach and try and build a little bit of a unique uh, team with Saquon Barkley? I think I'm happy to go with Debo here. I think when we're drafting at the 109, it's the first draft myself and you have done this year where, well, it's actually, it might be the second draft actually, but I think we should just go all out here for a, a true zero RB build to see how things play out. Um, Barkley is creeping up, and I think we'll see him go off the board in the next couple off picks. Um, he is somebody who's starting to to move up those draft boards. For anyone watching and or listening in, uh, some interesting picks in that first round. That's the highest I've seen C.D. Lamb go yet, I believe, Sean. It was the 106 that he went off the board. Um, so somebody a little um, a little excited about Lamb this year. I'm happy to take him kind of at the, the 111 kind of range, but 106, have you seen him go as early as that this season? I haven't personally, but I'm sure he is going up there a lot. Patrick Curry and I are currently in a Rotoviz Triflex Dynasty League startup draft where he went at the 111 and Pat and I both felt like that really emphasized the end of the first tier, that one through 10 of elite players. It's a big drop down to CD Lamb from those top 10 guys in a redraft format for him to go in the top six. Now, obviously, that's talking about super flex. And so a very different dynamic there with all of the quarterbacks going early. Obviously, we don't have a quarterback in this draft yet nor would he expect one josh allen will be the first qb probably in the third round but a lot of enthusiasm for lamb because of how explosive that dallas offense is and because at this point drafters are not seeing too many legitimate ways to split those targets up kind of the same thing that we're seeing with a mike evans the converse of that obviously with debo samuel a lot of different ways that he could lose targets and so that's something that is factoring in in the way drafters are playing that. I think that we need to make sure we at least keep a little bit front of mind this idea of which players have established themselves as true stars and are going to be able to dictate their target share first before everyone else gets in there, where some of these other types of players are going to lose a lot of targets, even from players like a Russell Gage. Now, we'll see how that plays out with the course of the season. Mike Evans, an established star but a veteran who doesn't have the profile over the last two three years of being a pick in the range where he's currently going now, that's not to say he couldn't have one final spike season with an elite quarterback with not a lot of target competition but those are things i think to keep in mind you have to look at the profile of the player as well yeah i think it's gonna be interesting so we are three picks away from our next selection Mike Williams is somebody, Sean, that I've seen you draft quite a bit this offseason. I've drafted him as well. He is somebody who may be available here in one pick time. Then there is players like Marquise Brown, Michael Pittman's there as well. Is there any one really standing out for you here at this particular? Jalen Waddle is there also, who you and Ben talked about this previous week. Who are you hoping falls one more slot to us here at the wide receiver position? Or are you looking to, to take me out of this zero RB build? <laughs> Well, Williams goes right there. I think he would have been interesting. With him gone, I think you have to look at Marquise Brown and Jalen Waddle. Now, 
Michael Pittman there as well. Probably a little bit more of a floor player as opposed to the ceiling player, but we are getting you know crazy rave reviews from Matt Ryan in Indianapolis. That should help him out. I would probably lead to Waddle here. Let's who has go Waddle. Potential for a massive second-year breakout. We're having some fun with these drafts. For anyone who watched the stream that I did with uh, Rich Rebar and Zachary Kruger uh, on Tuesday up on the Road of His YouTube channel, uh, <laughs> sometimes we timed out in that draft. We didn't get it. And Sean loves to play. He's so calm in his voice there as the seconds tick down. And I'm wondering, does Sean know we're on the clock? Is he going to ask me who I want? Or is Sean well aware and we're taking Jalen Waddle here? So we have that kind of mind meld i guess at times where hopefully we're landing on that same player we will be back to our pick now and three more picks as things speed up and and then we will show the draft board and we'll have a kind of a quick look through it as it gets back to us but sean looking at the options available travis Etienne is there james connor's there i think darren waller could be very interesting here and then we do have jerry judy who i think could be could be interesting obviously we're we're liking trying to to get ourselves some tj hawkinson this year the other player who i know you like a lot is deontay johnson he is also available for us here so we have we do have options at this point do you have a preference i think that deontay johnson fitting in with that week 16 matchup against the raiders is a fun one to play to get into the finals so that fits nicely with our build he should probably be going earlier i'm also definitely fine with taking james connor so let's go let's go with uh, Johnson. So Colin was not confident that I could get back to Connor before the clock ran out. But Connor was and, our and, and player Sh- in the queue, so it would have been the uh Sean also just for the people listening, and I teased a true zero RB build. Sean then is like, Well, we just will we just derail that completely here. Uh, but it's always tough for me to pass up James Connor based on the success that he brought us last season. But yeah, um, I think I'm I'm really liking how things are, are playing out for us so far here. So we are through four rounds. Sean, if it is possible, if you want to show the full draft board, I know sometimes we get comments to, to see that full draft board if it is possible. Um, but it's uh, it's tricky sometimes when we're trying to win two million dollars over at Underdog and we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to do the best content we can at the same time. So um, fun fun times interesting there sean i think you know you've talked about stacks we talked about it on our our tuesday show how important that is or how important the week 17 element of things are when we're playing things in here and when it is a situation where we've taken adams in that first round i know you mentioned Derek carr later but there's a lot to invest in your draft if you go and take um darn waller there for a raider stack so i think trying to attack those stacks later in the draft to be able to give us some options is better and i I think if you can stack those teams up without having to to put a lot of capital in and those opening rounds is the the way to go is that what you were thinking when waller was an option there it's just a a lot to invest in the raiders and then if you don't get carrier you're not getting that stack either it is a lot to invest in the raiders and i kind of prefer the option when we get to week 16 when we get to week 17 that we're looking for the volume really being concentrated on that star. It's not that you can't see a big game, as you mentioned, with Carr. Both of those guys, they could both go off for 100 yards and two touchdowns. We're a little bit better off in most cases betting on the volume, going through the player that we've already drafted when we get down to those final high-leverage weeks. It also creates a situation there where we have the Week 16 matchup between the Steelers and the Raiders I like that as a shootout to get into the finals then we have the Raiders against the 49ers in the final we have that game played as well 
One of the mild concerns that we have at this point is we do have three wide receivers of our four have the week nine by. We have to make sure we don't completely implode that week and miss out on the chance to make the playoffs in the first place. Fortunately, we've got lots of picks left to address that portion of it. Column, as we head towards our round five pick, Brees Hall was the top guy on our board. That one goes away. We have Gabriel Davis, Rashad Bateman, J.K. Dobbins, Juju Smith-Schuster as the top players by ADP. How are you looking at these guys? Yeah, my dream selection here would be if Bateman does manage to get back to us. And I know we're we're picking in close proximity, you know, within those six picks, we'll have two picks. I, I don't know. I know sometimes you can get him a bit later. I, I did touch on him earlier. I know you like TJ Hawkinson. Are you are you trying to get him up in that sixth round range or are you holding off to later in those drafts that, that you're getting him? But probably trying to get Hawkinson maybe to slot in there for that elite tight end. And then the other option that I mentioned would be Bateman, who I, I really like this year, but I just have a feeling that he may not get back to us because I, I'm always feel like I'm tempting fate when we're, you know, eight to 12 picks away <laughs> and we're picking out the favorite players that we have there so we do just miss out on Bateman and then Juju is the selection Sean jumps in there Kansas City Chiefs uh getting that pick in but I think Juju like you know if things work out can be a, a smash pick there something that you and Ben talked about really early in the offseason was could he you know have that kind of Larry Fitzgerald renaissance I guess to his career but I would much rather have got Bateman there. Antonio Gibson goes after that, Sean. We are peeling back around. Who are you hoping to get at this this next pick? Well, Dobbins, obviously, there were the quotes out of Baltimore uh, from the head coach saying he needed to be ready to practice. They've been raving about him throughout the course of the offseason. It looks like he is going to be the starter. Obviously, some analysts feel like he may even miss the beginning of the season. At this point, and with his upside, I think it's probably worth the risk, but we could also take a shot at a QB, look at Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. So we do get J.K. Dobbins there, Sean. You touched on it. How concerned are you about those reports? That That is a, a little bit of a slide there by ADP versus where he was going, let's say, two or three days ago. So last year, and look, this may work, this may not work, but last year when we were doing these drafts, Jonathan Taylor was sliding later than this in the offseason you know, there was a lot of concerns around a number of running backs. This could be the situation for Dobbins, so this might be the cheapest opportunity to to draft him at this point. Yeah, I mean, he may continue to get less expensive at, from here as, until we get reports where he is healthy. Everything that I've seen from Baltimore suggests that he's going to be fine. As I mentioned, there are some analysts who think he not only will not be fine, but could begin the year on PUP, which that would be pretty devastating for teams who are drafting him in this range as we are i think it's worth the risk for the upside but again i wouldn't necessarily encourage any listeners who are concerned about that to take the plunge because obviously the injury uncertainty does make that a question to where i mean it's it's a swing for the fences kind of selection at that point i like it in a zero rb build especially i mean you look at the receivers that we got before him and then to be able to put him in there so it's a matter of, of where we think he's going to be. You look at Dobbins contrasted with where some of the other players who were injured much later in the season are going, and it seems like an absolute slam dunk. And yet at the same time, again, if you missed the first month of the season, then that's going to be an issue. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. With Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Colin, we are coming back around and another potential big faller is looking like a possible selection here. We have Traylon Burks, Brandon Ayuk, TJ Hawkinson as some of the most fun names. You asked where I like to draft Hawkinson. I like to take him around ADP or even try and get him below without with how he continues to fall do you prefer Burks and the massive upside and the discount that we're getting with his issues uh, with conditioning or probably more accurately issues with breathing right now or do you prefer Hawkinson and play it safe I think we go Hawkinson here um IU could be the other one that would would interest me but I think Hawkinson is the the way to go here to, to start this build off just ideally uh, you mentioned you mentioned Burks I seen a, a tweet over the last couple of days describing his lung capacity of that of a, a small baby bird but uh hopefully hopefully that improves over the course of the couple of weeks here for anyone who is watching and watching in on the video you'll see that we are moving around the screen here a little bit we will figure it out as the the board wasn't updating but thank you for your patience as you listen along and, and enjoy the the draft nonetheless as we get sean's insights into some of these players and we draft which so far is turning into be a, a delightful team so we will share the screen for the remainder of the draft i know people like to see the draft board but we're having some technical issues there with it sean we have tj hawkinson now i'm sure you're you're breathing easy at this point yeah any any draft with tj hawkinson is a good draft he gives us that elite tight end and gives it to us very late we now have burks as the top guy on the board we look over here at the quarterback options and see russell wilson matthew stafford aaron Rodgers. i think burks is the the way to go here um i think you know we're looking at a situation where we're hearing these reports now but again a bit like the the reports with dobbins i think there's a chance to to buy in and, and to get him and it's a different draft if he is your second or third wide receiver if we're taking him in here the the upside just in the eighth round with the, the rookie wide receiver based around the team that we've drafted so far is 
is, is fantastic. And really, Sean, the next two to three rounds are going to show us how much of a delight the start of this draft is because our favorite targets here for these zero RB drafts will be coming up now. Something I was going to mention before we made that last pick and we went with Hawkinson was the fact that Ayuk was there and Hertz was also, or uh, Trey Lance was also there. And I was thinking, will we just dive in here on the, the 49ers side of things? But uh, they went off in quick succession after, so that would not have worked out. So thankfully, we didn't end up going down that route. But Sean, we are getting into that zero RB range here. Kenneth Walker or Ken Walker um, is after going off the board. He was somebody we had slid in there. Who are you really and truly hoping that last back? And I know Derek Carr is also one of your favorite quarterbacks to draft this year. He probably will be somebody who's in the range of the next two to three rounds of picks also. Carr, definitely an option. We have all of those favorite running backs still available. You mentioned Derek Carr. We want to slide him in there and get him with Devontae Adams if possible. I think that Justin Fields is a fun way to play the QB position. If he falls, there's a chance that we could take another Detroit Lion and go with Jerry Goff really late if we do get squeezed out of the window. Obviously, Tua, not someone we're drafting, but a little bit more viable with Jalen Waddle there early. I'm also looking at Garrett Wilson here and thinking that he continues to be such a great value. He does go there at the 9-4 a little bit ahead of our pick. Columbus, look at some of these running backs. Damian Harris, a starter, but with a, a ton of competition coming up behind him. Kareem Hunt, the elite backup and someone who could end up as a top five overall running back. Devin Singletary, we talked about in our previous show going in the dream zero rb build melvin gordon someone who may be not getting as much publicity as he should as a back there in the denver offense you never want to think that it could happen if javante williams goes down for some reason melvin gordon is going to be a top six or seven back within the context of that offense and what he still is so you would definitely have to consider selecting him there chase edmonds the perfect guy in miami perhaps not looking to select him with Jalen Waddle at least this early your boy your boy your boy Derek Carr goes off the board so it looks like we're we're really looking here at, at these running backs um I, I think that my favorite guys in this range are Singletary and Garden but they're who I have been drafting I'm willing to diversify to hunt uh, if you wanted to go that way at this pick I'm hoping that we get two of these uh two of these guys over the next couple of picks yeah I think that would be the fun way to play it see if we can get two of them we'll take Hunt who has the earlier ADP. Yeah, we have a chance to Singletary Garden. I think it's back. And I think, you know, that's at the 9-9 there. Um, I think we're we're starting to play this out nicely. We won't get that Derek Carr element of it. Again, we touched on earlier, if you do draft the likes of Waller and Adams together and then you're trying to pair them with your quarterback, it can put you under a lot of pressure with some of these picks to try and get them where we can kind of let this free flow to us at this current point. We will be drafting in four more selections. At the moment, we have Harris, Singletary, Garden, and Edmonds still on the board, still in the queue. Out of those guys, Sean, as I mentioned, like Singletary is going to be my guy, I think, at this point so far. Um, is, is he somebody of a strong preference to over the likes of Harris and Garden? Uh, I know you drafted Edmonds recently as well. It was interesting because I was looking at Dave Cabin's projections, and those will be coming out soon on the site. He had cook a little bit closer to singletary in carries than i would probably have him 
and had Singletary with more receptions relative to Cook, then I think it might work out. I think that Singletary is going to be the guy. I think that they're going to run a little bit more. I think that Singletary is going to be used to take a little bit of that pressure off of Josh Allen around the goal line. Again, we have a fairly wide range of outcomes of how these things can work out, especially the touchdowns, because the touchdowns can swing pretty wildly season to season. We're talking about who's going to get those big scores. Is it Diggs? Is it Allen? Is it Singletary? Once we get down there, but Singletary, just a ton of upside here. We're a little bit below ADP. I think that we have to go with him in this build. Yeah, let's get it. Let's do it. I think it's going to be tough, Sean. I think there's going to be times where you have to rein me in this year when it comes to Singletary. I think it's going to be points where <laughs> I just want to get him get him drafted. But we're off to a nice start. We're going to run through the team here to talk through it. Sean, if you can go up to the top. And we have J.K. Dobbins there. We have Kareem Hunt. We have just paired that up with Singletary. We have no overlap on the bye weeks at the running back position. Then we have Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel, Jalen Waddle, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Traylon Burks, and then the savior of all rosters in the late tight end, it is TJ Hawkinson. So this, Sean, this is uh, starting to... You, you said at the start it wasn't the ideal draft slot. This so far is is turning out pretty nice uh, so far for my, my, my understanding of it anyway. And I have drafted some teams from the 104 this year who have looked kind of similar to this so getting it at the 111 is nice as well um good good times so far we don't have any quarterbacks yet we are in that quarterback window you have justin fields you have Tua tungavaya loa in there and you have jared goff who obviously we'll be waiting a lot later on if we do go that direction are you thinking that we we're, we're, we need to get some of those guys in over the next over the next two picks here I think the possibility to go with Fields and Tua is pretty compelling. You get that hybrid QB with an absolute ton of upside breakout potential in Fields. There's at least the chance that his pricing is massively off. And those are the types of players you're looking to draft just overall, but then especially in tournaments with Tua, you get that combination with Waddle. We've made a little bit of a bet that Tua is going to play okay and that Waddle was a good value where we selected him. One of the reasons that we're making that bet is we think there's a possibility that Waddle could actually be the guy that he outscores Tyreek Hill. But even in that scenario, Tua probably has a good season. So we would have to be aware of that and looking to kind of put those two players together. Maybe Waddle becomes the league winner for us. So from that perspective, I like both of those picks. It is a matter here where if we did get another clear-cut value at a different position we would have to consider it but rondell moore goes off the board jarvis landry jamison crowder those are some of the receivers that we would be considering really strongly there i think that there is the possibility to stay at the running back position and select ronald jones so that also i think is an intriguing potential move with as much wide receiver firepower as we have if we were to get Jones with the other backs, I mean, this is even a situation where if Dobbins misses the first month, we would still potentially score a lot of points and be able to just hammer the competition. So column, we're up. Jones is there. It's more or less right on his ADP. Fields is a little bit below ADP. We could go to a three good choices. What direction do you prefer? I know you want to go Jones here, so if you want to go Jones, I'll let you do that. I think if we're splitting the hairs at the quarterback, I would go Tua to get the the stack. 
we can play that and we can we can go with Jones and we can hope the two falls back to us here. I think that's what your game plan is here. Is that right? Am I reading that right? Yeah, if, if your preference is for two over fields, then I think we should definitely go Jones and not actually expect, but hope that Tua falls to us. We're going to be just barely outside of his ADP. Our hearts are about to get broke, Sean. That's all I can confirm. As Mike Gusecki goes off the board, and there goes Tua. Uh, I, I was thinking we probably should have jumped there, but I think the way we're set up here at running back, we have uh, you know a, an absolute juggernaut of a team. So I think we'll start moving into those uh, those quarterback sweepstakes now. I think looking at the options that are in there, the next one that's probably and quite a bit. Um, after ADP is Kirk Cousins. Listeners will know that he is not our, our favorite quarterback, but uh, he may be somebody that we we get some stability with. We are back on the clock. We have 20 seconds. Jameis Winston has gone off the board. Cole Komet's gone off the board. How are you feeling here, Sean, as we, as we look at this pick with 13 seconds to go? I think I would probably prefer to take Spiller here and see what happens. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go zero quarterback in this draft. Uh, <laughs> and see how it plays out there is some options when we do go in late i know historically getting those quarterbacks in the window is the way to play it but i do think like you know we've talked about this in the past and i think it was when we drafted with uh, zachary Kruger. it was the draft that we did at 2 a.m my time uh, a couple of months back in the never too early draft over at the ffpc i think it might have been jimmy garoppolo but sean's quote was you do want to get up at two o'clock in the morning to draft jimmy garoppolo and i think i feel like that no matter what the time is with Kirk Cousins, but uh, we'll see. He still hasn't gone off the board. So if somehow he miraculously lasts back to us at the next pick, Sean, I think we'll we'll have to rush to the rush to the table with that ticket in hand. But um, who are some other quarterback options that we might need to be considering as we as we uh, start to to get into that thirteenth round range and are, are really sitting deep on quarterback? What about what about my guy Matt Ryan in there? <laughs> as I as I joke, I think. I think Ryan Tannehill is somebody who's gone very undervalued this year. Uh, I think Mac Jones could be interesting, but I think he's capped in terms of his upside. But this is a roster that I think the the upside is is just so good at the moment that we might even get away with that. Um, anyone else that's in that range that, that's interesting to you? Daniel Jones, I think, is the player that you have to look at. From a dynasty perspective, you've got a lot of risk that – he goes to zero but from a single season risk you're talking about a player who has rushing upside actually has some sneaky weapons is going to get an elite coaching staff that is going to put him in situations to succeed it's difficult for me to see him actually not scoring fantasy points this year even if they decide to go in a different direction within the following season i would agree with that we also have you know the hope I guess we'll say that Saquon Barkley, who we talked about earlier in the draft, is getting positive reports, is moving up draft boards. And I think something like that is going to also help Daniel Jones. The Giants have put options around him to try and help him. And, you know, if he doesn't get it done this year with the new offense, I think they're probably done with him. Like you mentioned in Dynasty, there's probably very little value there. But when we look at it from a best ball or from a redraft perspective, I think there's there's a lot of um you know i'm willing to take that risk so we have some options in the queue we are one pick away sean we are on the clock now are we too early for for some of these guys um or, or how do you want to play it i know you've put a couple of our favorite tight ends in the queue as well yeah with daryl henderson going right there i think that we can select a quarterback 
I think that my preference would probably be to still wait and perhaps grab Gerald Everett, make sure we don't miss out on him. He seems like the massive slam dunk tight end. I, I just, I can't understand why he's going where he is. It's a bizarre dynamic in terms of how he fits in compared to the rest of the tight ends that are more expensive. I would still consider going with Noah Fant for a third tight end in this particular build. I mean, we're so strong at running back and wide receiver. As we look at the potential receiver values here, a lot of the value there has dried up. Hamler has the week nine buy. Now we have addressed that with other players at this point. But Hamler, David Bell, David Bell, someone who is falling very quickly because of the situation with the quarterback position there in Cleveland. Colin, one of the issues that I have here with Matt Ryan is I do think that Ryan Tannehill and Jerry Goff both have more upside. I think it'd be interesting to take Desmond Ritter in the final round. Are you confident enough in Ryan having passed on all of his targets to select him here? This is more or less right on ADP value for him. Yeah, no, I'm only joking with Matt Ryan. I'm not too pushed overall if we, if we go him or, or not. So I'll let you, I know some of your guys in here that you can break my heart with Matt Ryan. I'll not break your heart with who you want to pick here. So let's take Noah Fant. That again kind of puts us in that three tight end situation where all three of those guys are massively undervalued. We're going to stack those in with the really strong wide receivers and running backs. We're going to go very late at the QB position we have some time to, to dive into some of those selections as well. So I do think like the upside of those tight ends versus, you know, Matt Ryan and people are probably listening to this and they're maybe on Matt Ryan this year. You know, I think just getting those positions absolutely nailed because I, I don't think there's a huge difference. And I would draft Ryan Tannehill over Matt Ryan this year, like, you know, with both of those guys on the board and one is going, you know, 25 picks earlier than the other. So that kind of tells you where I, where I'm sitting at in those. And I think that's the way we're thinking here with Jared Goff as well. That offense is going to be, should be a lot better. We have Hawkinson as well, who's in there. So yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with how you went. The, the questions I had for you though, is you didn't draft KJ Hamler and you, uh, you also took two, two tight ends over him. I was wondering, uh, how you're feeling at that point in time well it's never fun to to let kj hamler go we don't expect him to get back to us even if he does we may need to take a shot at some other positions but with all of the week nine by players in there early this may not be the build we love hamler in those anchor rb or hyper fragile teams now that doesn't mean that we don't want to occasionally put him on one of these michael Duner was pointing out in one of his upcoming articles that he has a lot of two QB in the window, a lot of Jonathan Taylor, but he didn't have those two together, which is something that he wanted to remedy. You want to make sure you're getting some of your favorite players with the key constructions. KJ Handler into the zero RB build would be fun, but from the perspective of what we needed for this team, I think it made a lot of sense to go in a different direction. We get three tight ends who are on different buys and none of them the week nine buy again we don't want to overstate the importance of that but making sure that you have a strong lineup every week knowing you're going to have injuries making sure you advance to the playoffs is going to also factor in now none of these <laughs> qbs have gone off the board as you mentioned you would probably take Tannehill ahead of ryan straight up we did lose 
Daniel Jones, which I think is pretty disappointing here because he was the quarterback, I think, with the most upside. He went one pick in case the listeners missed that. He went one pick before that pick two rounds ago. Um, so we, we did talk about him a little bit, and then we just stopped talking about him, but that was because you could hear those you know tears coming rolling down our cheeks when we lost out in him. Sean, we have all three of the all four of the quarterback options we mentioned. Tannehill is still there, but Ryan as well after ADP. I still would probably prefer Tannehill. I think he's going dramatically undervalued here this year. But we also do have that option of KJ Hamler if you do want to go go all in on him. Oh, I, I just I, I wasn't trying to set it up. I was just trying to have some fun for the road of his overtime listeners. They they love uh, they love hearing about KJ Hamler. They, once we have the KJ Hamler pick, we know this is a Sean Siegel team, but. Sean, to add him into the depth that we have at wide receiver, is I just want to run through this to feel good about it. We have Devontae Adams, uh, Debo Samuel, we have Jalen Waddle, so deep I can't even remember who we have. We have Deontay Johnson, uh, we have Juju Smith-Schuster, Trey Burks, and then we're rounding that out with KJ Hamler. We have some week nine buys in there, Sean, but all those points are going <laughs> to are going to sort us out for the rest of the season. And as we continue to go... Matt Ryan has still not gone off the board. So we do have Tannehill, Goff, Ritter. This could really start to turn out sweet. I think we're guaranteed to get one of those guys at least as we pick in two picks time. And then we'll see how it plays out after that. I did say earlier about the the Matt Ryan thing, but it would be pretty unique to get him at this point. We're currently at spot 182 in the draft. We'll be picking at 184. His ADP is 159. But we are right at Ryan Tannehill's ADP, which is 182. Jared Goffs, which is 191. So, how are you feeling here at this point? I think since everything has played out so well for us, I think going quarterback here makes sense. It does, and I think that the other option that we have really is Jared Goff, who I and think the, I probably the one thing I'm just going to pitch in as we go. We have Tannehill and Goff on week six buys, so it probably makes sense to maybe take Matt Ryan as much as I said not to, and then we might have a chance at one of those other guys later on. So we'll get Ryan. So ignore everything I said earlier on in the podcast as we've now drafted Matt Ryan, who I've been setting that up to get Ryan on a roster with a team with Sean for, for over a season now, and we've eventually we've eventually got Matt Ryan on a team. We've done it. We've done it. All as we needed was for me to say that I didn't want to draft him anymore, and then we get him. <laughs> <laughs> Call another position that we have to look at here in the final rounds. We can take three quarterbacks. I feel strongly enough about our running backs to just go with five even in the zero rb bill here one of the issues we know is that drafters do sometimes under draft running backs in this format but because the strength of that group ended up being so compelling i think we could go for five and we could do the three qb since we are going to have very weak quarterbacks compared to the field we are going to have probably unique quarterbacks compared to the field if we are able to push deep into the playoffs but there are some running back options late that are also interesting sony michelle Jarrett mckinnon who just resigns with the kansas city chiefs and could be in position to do some of the things that we saw last year he would be an interesting hedge on ronald jones perhaps lower the ceiling there a little bit because we are betting on jones on this particular team I do like Chris Evans as the perfect final round pick. If anything were to happen to Joe Mixon, he would go off, maybe not be a top 10 back still, but definitely in the mix. And then the most recent reports out of Arizona 
where that the player that you and I and Ben and I and Blair and I have been trumpeting for years to no avail, finally got himself a very positive blurb, and that would be Eno Benjamin, quite possibly. And I think the pretty clear favorite at this point to be the number two in Arizona. As we come back around here, we're two picks away. Tannehill and Goff, both still available. I don't know, Colin. We have Traylon Burks. We don't have any of the Detroit weapons other than TJ Hawkinson. I don't know. I mean, this is a kind of a fun place to go with Goff and Hawkinson, don't you think? Yeah, let's let's do it then just for the just for the hell of it. Um I, I do think that the playing indoors and playing with the pieces that are in this offense, I think the Detroit Lions could be that sneaky offense who scores a lot more points than people are expecting this year. I do think that Jared Goff is going to be better than people are also expecting. There's a few of these late round guys. Tanhill is the other one that I do like, but yeah, I think it's it's just a fun pick to, to pair it up because we know Hawkinson's going to score all those points and obviously they're going to be from passes that he's catching from Jared Goff. But when we were looking at that, Sean, oh, like same bye week, very close ADP. What was the key factor for you and wanting to go? Have you more confidence in that offense versus um, Detroit? Or sorry, versus Tennessee. I expect Tennessee to, to run the ball a lot when they get Derrick Henry back here. But maybe we'll save that for after this next pick as we have two picks to go you mentioned holding off on running back sean but we still do see sony michelle there on the board as a an interesting option is there anyone else that you're thinking of here or do you want to go for a three quarterback build if Tanhill did slip back through yeah i think we could go either way there at this point i mean you know benjamin again as one of these players where i mean connor has struggled to stay healthy benjamin i, I think actually is very good and you would have just a huge chunk of points coming there in the Arizona offense. But I like where we are currently. We have those other backs. I expect them to score some points. Our QBs are so weak. Getting that third one in there when you have the weak QBs can be pretty helpful. What's your preference here, Colin? I think the Colin QB might be the way to go. You know, I was asking the question of how to make that split between Jared Goff and Ryan Tannehill and we have one stack now with both of those guys, which obviously we would like to have maybe a little bit more, but I think just having that where if we have a week where Hawkinson goes off, we're probably going to get Goff in our lineup. If we have that week where Tannehill goes off, we're going to have a good chance that we have our rookie wide receiver in that lineup as well. So after all the talking we did, we didn't need Matt Ryan, but we also did need him for the, the bye weeks as, as both those two guys have the week six buys. How do you feel about it about a three quarterback build, Sean? Would you prefer to have sat, but we didn't get the guys in the window, and that's why I think taking that third quarterback there makes sense. We also have for a team of ours on a zero RB build, we have a lot of running back depth that is very, very strong. And that's why I would, would lean there. We were kind of stacked at all the other positions. So quarterback was the main weakness I seen. Yeah, this isn't going to be the team that the roster construction explorers tell you to draft exactly but one of the things that we want to do is look at what are the big trends how do the positions score and create upside for you we know that these zero rb builds if you're selecting the right guys the right types of profiles with the upside that you need that that is a very profitable path to not only advancing to the playoffs but 
than dominating once you get into the playoffs, especially if we don't see the same dynamic that we saw last year where the round two running backs score a lot of points. Now you look at this draft with Harris, Henry, Cook, Jones, Barkley. It's very easy to see a situation in which those players would actually score a lot of points. But from the perspective here, I mean, the one thing I think probably doing again is that perhaps we could go with a different direction than Debo. I have him on almost every roster and it's not necessary to take him quite at the point that we took him in this draft, but he is the star. I mean, you're talking about Devonte Adams and Debo Samuel. I mean, those two guys with Justin Jefferson and Cooper cup who went in the third and fourth selections throw Jamar Chase in there too, but you're talking about the best wide receivers in the NFL. You have to like that beginning. We had three more extremely high upside wide receivers. We feel very confident that we're going to dominate the receiver position. We're going to dominate the flex position. J.K. Dobbins, with him falling to that point, I feel like this is more of an anchor running back team as opposed to as your running back team, even though you get J.K. Dobbins in the sixth. We'll kind of see what happens there with the injury. We've played this team from the perspective of He's going to play and he's going to score a lot of points. If that doesn't happen, then the path to the playoffs is probably much, much narrower. But we made the decision to load up on some of our favorite players in rounds seven through 10. That made, again, the running back position a lot deeper than it would have been if we had had the QBs in the window. Now, again, the QBs in the window is an emphasis, but when you can get Hawkinson, Burks, Hunt, and Singletary in there, you've got to consider all of those picks. I didn't feel like the quarterbacks were a great value at any of our given chances to pick them and we could have taken trey lance in the seventh instead of hawkinson but that feels a little bit rich i mean lance is rising i've said i think he'll continue to rise he'll probably end up being an early seventh round pick but at least at this point in the schedule i would still prefer to get him in the eighth round you, know, you get some falling guys in terms of guys like dobbins and burks and you put them with players like hunt and singletary who frankly are just pretty mispriced you get jones and his potential in the kansas city offense I think that that allowed us to do something that otherwise you wouldn't want to do where we have three players at both of the onesie positions. That's not the way to play it. But again, that's where the value was and the value was so clearly in this particular draft. Yeah, I would agree. And Sean gave some of his thoughts and insights there on this draft. We will be circling back with another podcast to give a deeper breakdown off this roster. Looking forward to getting into that. As always, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount off a Rotoviz NFL subscription using the code RVRadio2022 over at rotoviz.com. That gets you access to all of our content and tools, all of Sean's articles, everything that's on the site to help you for a 2022 season of best ball, dynasty, redraft, all types of fantasy success. Don't miss out on that. Once again, that code is RVRadio2022. We will be coming back for the recap podcast that will be coming out on Saturday. So make sure you are subscribed to the Road of His Overtime podcast feed to get that once it does air on the audio side of things. Thank you for tuning in. Hopefully you've enjoyed today's draft. We'll be back with much, much more content coming your way over the coming days. And until we're back with another show, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.